Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Tough times. And so if you've got your Bibles, um, I want to actually, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Let's start in Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter number one, I'm turning with you. Um, As you're turning, let me just kind of remind you of what we've been talking about really the last couple of weeks. And that is that we want to take some very simple truths and try to give some context to what we can take and apply to a tough time. Um, Sometimes in difficult moments and in difficult seasons of life, what you'll find is that it is very easy for you to lie to yourself. Um, It's very easy for you to believe a lie, to believe that maybe God isn't good, maybe to believe that God doesn't love you. And so what we've been doing is we've been taking the simple truths of God's Word, taking some simple passages, and then really trying to put them in the context of how they apply to a tough time or a difficult time. And the reason why we're doing that is because of this. I believe that really Christianity comes to life at its best during difficult times. Meaning this, that you can say that you believe something your whole life. You can say that you believe that God is good. You can say that you believe that God loves you. You can testify that to others around you. But it is really brought to life and brought to the top during a difficult time. Because here's why. If people can see you hold to your beliefs during difficulty, then they can actually see that you believe what you say that you do. And many times what I've seen in Christians and what even probably I've seen in my own life is this, is that in a tough time is when we most often drop the things that we've known all of our lives. And so the thought behind this whole series is just to kind of close out the year. 2020 in and of itself has been a tough year. No matter how you look at it, 2020 has been weird, it's been strange, it's been difficult. My son was watching some silly video the other day and something messed up like with one of the, I think it was a Dude Perfect show. And so anyways, one of the guys like something messed up with him and he goes, oh my goodness, I'm so over 2020. And it's like that, that could have happened in 2019 and it wouldn't have been as annoying as, as it happening in 2020, right? I just feel like that every time something bad happens, like, oh my goodness, that's so 2020, right? Like it just feels like everything's going wrong. But in the process of that, here's what I want us to see is that it has not changed anything about God. 2020 didn't sneak up on God. 2020 didn't change the character of God. 2020 didn't change who He is, and it didn't change what we've said that we've believed for all these years. And so we started week number one with the simple truth of of God loves you. Then we started uh, moved last week to God is good. One of the things that we mentioned was that it is literally outside of the character of God to be bad, which means this, that in tough times, in difficult times, You're not questioning the goodness of God. You're questioning how is His goodness going to be shown in this moment. You're not going to have to say, well, I don't know, this is kind of strange. I'm not used to this. This is abnormal. This is tough. This is difficult. It's not your job to question the goodness of God. 
It is your job to question how is God's goodness going to be shown in this moment. And that leads us to week number three, truth number three, and that is this, is that God is with you. God is with you. I want to actually do something. The uh, first week we used John 3.16. Last week we used Exodus 33 and 34. Hopefully you took some time this week to go and uh, read through that. Um, where it talks about the goodness of God. If you missed last week's lesson, I think that we'll have it up on YouTube this week, and so you can uh, watch it. But then truth number three is this, God is with you. And this week what we're going to do is we're going to try to take a couple of verses and bring a collective thought from Scripture back into uh, back for this truth. And so I want to look at a couple different verses. Joshua chapter number one, verses eight and nine is where we're going to start. Familiar verses, but I want you to look at them with me. The Bible says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Those are really strong commands, aren't they? A lot of times we like to think of God's commands as the things that they tell us what not to do. Touch not the unclean thing. Look not on the cup when it moveth itself aright. Uh, set no wicked thing before him. We like to think of the commands of God as what not to do. But in this verse, he's actually telling us the attitude to have towards something. He says, be not afraid. Have good courage. Be, neither be thou dismayed. Well, how can we do that? The end of the verse. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We'll come back to that. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter number 41. Isaiah chapter number 41. Isaiah 41, for sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and start reading verse number 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter number 28. Verse number 19. What are these verses? Anybody know the answer? Matthew 28, 19, 20. What's it called? Great Commission. Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Here's what you will notice. All three of those passages have three things in common. The presence of God. What they don't have in common is the scenario and the context in which they were given. Joshua leading the children of Israel to the promised land. But God was with him. Isaiah writing to the children of Israel at their lowest point spiritually. You read the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is a book of revival. It is a book of God trying to get His people to wake up. And yet in Isaiah 41.10, God says, Don't fear, I am with you. Matthew, the context is Jesus is getting ready to leave this world physically. But His last command gives comfort that His presence will still be with us. Why does that matter? Because no matter the context that you are facing in a difficult time, the presence of God is consistent. It doesn't matter what state or stage of life you're in, 
The presence of God is consistent for every scenario of life. We're going to take those three verses. We'll close with Psalm 23. I want you to stick around and pay attention until the end. We're going to take those three verses or those three passages and talk about what that means for your life and in your tough time. Let's pray and let's ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us. We thank you that you are a God who your presence does not change. Lord, I know that there are verses and there are people in this room who have learned verses like, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And I believe that what we're about to see from your word is that is absolutely true. And Lord, more than that is you are not a God who only gives us your presence, but God, you help us, you encourage us, you strengthen us, you cause us to not fear in the moments that we need you the most. God, I'm thankful that you are a God who walks beside of us And if we choose to walk with you, we can literally walk through this life with you by our side. Lord, I ask you to help us to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. There are very few things more encouraging in life than going through something with someone by your side. Um, How many of you, you are someone that you would definitely say you like to do things with others. You like to do things with others. You're not like a loner. You don't want to do stuff by yourself. I'm actually a loner, okay? I'm an only child. So I actually prefer being by myself, all right? Um, I, I would perfectly be okay to go and live in a cabin in the woods, not talk to anybody, not have technology, not have any of that stuff because it doesn't really matter. But here's what I have found. I am a better person when I actually take the time to do something with other people. Let me give you an illustration that probably is going to make me look bad, but that's okay. Um, The other day, my wife said, hey, so-and-so, and and we had had a busy week. Hey, so-and-so wants to get together, and they want to go have pizza. (laughs) My first reaction, I don't remember my exact words, but it had something to do with why. And she was like, well, because they enjoy, like, spending time with us and our kids and our family. I was like, but why? Like, why do they need to, why did, and like, I went into a big spiel probably about how that, like, we don't need relationships and blah, 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 whatever. And so, and then she came back and her rebuttal to that was, it's going to be okay if you have to spend some time with someone other than yourself and you'll be all right. And you always end up going and enjoying it. And so guess what? We went. And so um, I got back in the car Not one time when I was with the the other people in the group that we were with, not one time did I think, man, this is so miserable. I can't believe we're doing this. This is so awful, blah, 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 whatever. Why? Because you enjoy it. And at the end of the day, no matter what you say about maybe being a loner, maybe being by yourself or whatever, you are a better person when you get to go through something with somebody else. Most people don't go shopping by themselves unless it's for Christmas. Most people don't enjoy going, uh, going and kayaking by themselves, okay? That's, that seems to be uh, the, that's the underlying theme for our class this year is kayaking. There's Revive 2020 and then kayaking because it's creeped into every illustration we have, okay? But you don't do stuff for fun normally by yourself. You want to enjoy it with someone else. Did you know that even in the moments where you don't have someone physically by your side, you have someone spiritually by your side, and that is your Heavenly Father. And sometimes this life just gets absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? Sometimes it gets tough. Sometimes it gets scary, and sometimes it even gets lonely. One of the greatest side effects of the COVID-19 pandemic that's come out, if you read any statistic, has been the loneliness that has occurred. 
our, our um, 65 and older group that Brother Wagner oversees here in our church has, is normally our group that literally needs the least amount of care of anyone, okay? They don't need activities. They don't, they don't want to spend time together. They just want to go and pick up leaves in their yard. Those are the people right now that are calling the church and they're saying, can we please do something? Can, you, can someone pray with us? Can, can we meet with someone? Can we talk to someone? Because the loneliness that they're experiencing in this moment is very real. Some of you that you've maybe had to start working from home and now the people that you got to throw spit wads at over your cubicle, they're gone and you sit in a room and you look straight up. That's, that's what life is right now. It's lonely. It, it's, it's kind of boring. But did you know that in even your loneliest of times, there's someone there with you. And not just anybody. It's your Heavenly Father. And when we talk about the presence of God, here's what I want you to see. That no matter the situation, no matter the scenario, it doesn't change the presence of God. The presence and consistency of your friendships will come and go. Sometimes it even comes and goes depending on what you're doing. Eh, I don't really like to do that, so I'm not going to go. But the consistency of the presence of God does not change. And so what does that mean for us? First of all, because God is with you, because God is with you, He can guide you. Because God is with you, He can guide you. In Joshua chapter number 1, verse 8, the Bible talks about how that our success is directly linked to our relationship with the Word of God. But then in verse number 9, he says this, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Because here's why. I am with thee where, whithersoever thou goest. The context of the book of Joshua is that Joshua was getting ready to become a leader. Joshua was getting ready to lead the children of Israel. He had now become the, the leader of this group. He was taking Moses' spot. He was getting ready to lead them into God's promise. And guess what? That's a pretty hefty calling on someone's life. Do you think that if God would have just said, all right, Joshua, finish it out, finish strong, finish what Moses started, it's your job, and left him alone, that there would have been comfort in that? Absolutely not. That's a nerve-wracking position to be in one of the greatest leaders of biblical history has now faded off the scene and you get to take his place. Joshua was hungry for guidance at that point. And sometimes in life, doesn't it feel like that you're almost taking the next step in the dark? I don't really know what's going on. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just going to go ahead and take a leap of faith. And sometimes it feels like that leap of faith is huge. Sometimes it feels like it's impossible. Sometimes it feels like it's a blind leap of faith. In those moments, the presence of God is proof of the guidance of God. And that if God is there, God is going to guide you. What does Psalm chapter number 37 say? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man. I had a pastor tell me one time when I was getting ready to drop him off at the airport, I said, do you have anything that you can share with me, any bit of wisdom for someone in my stage of life, kind of where I'm at? And he said, remember, the Bible says the steps of a good man, not the quantum leaps of a good man. And he said, sometimes we want to just jump to the next big thing and jump to the next big thing when God is a step-by-step -step God. 
Meaning that in those moments where you don't know what's next, in those moments where things are a little bit hazy, in those moments where things are unclear, keep walking with God. Let God be your guide. Stay close to the Word of God. And in those moments, that is where you can say, I'm not fearful. I'm not dismayed. I'm not discouraged. Why? Because the presence of God is the proof of the guidance of God. If God's not with you, He's not guiding you. And if God's not guiding you, He's not with you. Meaning this. That when you are walking with God, you have a guide beside you for this thing called life. And in tough times, hold on to that. Don't see it as, well, God's with me, but he hasn't changed anything. No, he is ordering your steps if you're walking with him. Secondly, because God is with you, because God is with you, he can help you. He can help you. Isaiah chapter number 41, we already mentioned, is in the context of really the lowest state of Israel's spirituality. God's trying to get these people that He loves to wake up to what He's wanting to do with them. They've experienced uh, enslavement. They've, they've They've gone through the cycle that you read about so often with Israel, and now He's trying to get them to wake up. And Isaiah is the prophet that has been given that job. He writes 66 chapters trying to get them to wake up. In Isaiah chapter number 41, you'll see that he is trying to get them to see just how good God has been to them. Just what he's done. And the goodness of God has to show you that the goodness of God is also proof of the presence of God. Which means this, that if God is good, and we said this last week, if God is good, he's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to make you walk this life by yourself. But what does that mean? Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, I am with thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee. I will strengthen thee. Meaning this, you can't dig deep enough within yourself to find strength for some of the things you'll face in this life. Self-discipline can only get you so far. Eventually, there has to be something outside of you for you to rely on. The big thing right now are these uh, affirmation statements, okay? Um, Affirmation statements that tell you who you are and what you believe and, and how good you are. And normally, it is an affirmation statement for you to realize just how good you actually are. I am strong. I am brave. I am bold, I am tough, I am skinny, okay? Like, that is, it's, it's, you, it's you lying to yourself, all right? <laughs> I can fit in these pants, I know I can. Like if I only say it 10 more times, maybe I'll burn the 10 calories to get into them, all right? But it's you telling yourself something about yourself. It's you digging deep, it's you finding something down deep inside of you that no one knew existed, all right? Like it's all these little memes on Pinterest that has like a line like, Deep within every lamb is a roaring lion, or whatever. I don't know. They're all cheesy and and a lie, okay? Um, But it's these affirmation things that you tell yourself to basically say, this is who I am. What if us as Christians, instead of looking deep within ourselves and affirming ourselves, chose to affirm what we believe about God? You read a verse like Isaiah 41, it's literally an affirmation statement about God. He says, I am with thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee. I will strengthen thee. And sometimes in our tough times, what do we do? We look inward rather than looking upward. 
We look at ourselves to get, our, to get ourselves out of the mess rather than looking at God. And sometimes eventually you can only lie about yourself long enough before you have to say, this isn't working, I need something bigger. And in that moment, that is where you can run to the fact that because God is with you, He is there to help you. And then lastly is this, because God is with you, He can use you. Because God is with you, He can use you. Matthew chapter number 28, verse 19 and 20 is what's known as the Great Commission. If you go and you study the book of Acts following the Great Commission, Matthew 28 chronologically leads into Acts chapter number 1, okay? Matthew 28, Jesus' final promise that he gives these disciples is, Lo, I am with thee always. And then when you get to the book of Acts, life gets crazy. Acts is the book that is filled with persecution, that's filled really with martyrdom, people dying for their faith, people's faith that they believed so wholeheartedly with Jesus in their physical presence is now put to the test when He's only just a spirit that is with them. And yet Jesus says, I am with thee always. Sometimes we don't like to think about this, but could it be that the purpose and the point of your difficult time has nothing to do with you and everything to do with God? Could it be that God is not actually wanting to get you out of a tough time as much as He is wanting to be glorified through your tough time? What if the disciples would have gotten to the book of Acts and said... <laughs> Are you serious? I thought Jesus said he was going to be with us always. Well, where is he? We're in prison. We are, we're being beaten. We're being thrown out of cities. This is way too hard. We're bailing out. But what you'll find in the book of Acts is actually this, that many times their tough times did more for the gospel and the cause of Christ than their easy times. And what do we want sometimes as simple lackluster, easygoing, unsurrendered 21st century Christians. We want God to bail us out of our troubles. God, make it stop. God, I, I can't handle that. Are you serious? It was this and now it's this. And could it be that God does not want you to actually get out of your tough time, but he wants to be glorified through your tough time? I want to take you to Psalm chapter number 23, show you one thing and we'll be done. Psalm 23. The book of Psalms, if you read it as David's biography, David's personal journal, pretty much shows you that David's life was just one big tough time. One big difficulty. Just from mountaintop to valley, Great victory to lowest depths of despair. Kind of sounds like life today, doesn't it? But you can experience something great, and it seems like the next week you wake up, and it's like, whoa, what just happened? What hit me? Psalm 23 is obviously one of the most popular passages uh, of Scripture. Okay, It's quoted on movies that literally have nothing to do with God. It's quoted at gravesides of people who don't know God. But yet, 
the world runs to it for comfort. And there is some incredible truth that sometimes our familiarity lets us skip right over. I want you to look at this in the context of the presence of God, and I want to show you one thing. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. What did we say? The presence of God is proof of the guidance of God. If God's not your shepherd, He's not going to lead you. If God's not with you, He's not going to make you lie down. If God's not with you, He's not going to lead you to still waters. The presence of God is proof of the guidance of God. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the hardest thing that you can experience, the shadow of death, the fear of death. He says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I know that I am strong enough to get myself out of this mess. No. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I want you to look at verse number 5. Thou preparest a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies. David did not ask for the removal of his enemies. He asked for the presence of God in the midst of his enemies. And sometimes we are so guilty of just saying, God, get me out of this mess. God, help fix this. God, help make grandma better. God, help fix this relationship. God, bring this back to me. God, help this to work out. God, fix my job situation. God, fix this. God, fix this. And we use them as a lucky rabbit's foot when it could be all along that God does not want to remove your enemies as much as He wants you to identify His presence in the midst of your enemies. And if you miss that, you will miss the context of a tough time. You will miss what God is trying to get to happen in your life. Because, well, the sooner it's over with, the better off I'll be. And God says, I want to use you in the midst of this. I want your tough time to glorify me. I want your tough time to make the cause of Christ look better. I want your tough time to make me look better. And unfortunately, as selfish Christians, many times we look at our tough time as something that we just want taken off our plate. Rather than an opportunity for God to use it for His honor and for His glory. And if you don't see that, you will struggle going through these tough times. You'll struggle going through sickness. You'll struggle going through death. You'll struggle going through financial loss. Why? Because you won't see it as an opportunity for God to be glorified. You'll see it as an opportunity for Him to just be your lucky rabbit's foot to bail you out of the mess that you're in. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at FRBC underscore Crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.